Full Court Fits is The Ringer's new weekly NBA video series hosted by Big Waz, aka Wozni Lambre. Each week, we take you around the world of NBA fashion and share can't-miss style choices from your favorite players and keep you up to date on the latest news and releases in sneaker culture. Waz also talks to experts like Damian Lillard's personal stylists to give you behind-the-scenes looks at how the NBA's biggest stars choose their outfits. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you're subscribed to The Ringer's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Ringer so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what makes a good movie even better? Delicious food. And I know exactly where to find that. Now, for a limited time, you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. A crispy chicken tender with bold flavors like Hickory Barbecue and Cheesy Baja, crisp lettuce, and melty cheese. It's just what you need for a perfect movie night. Get yourself some TLC, tender love and chicken, for only $1.99 at Sonic. Buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included, limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring is such a refreshing time of year. Flowers are blooming and you're getting your house in order. But now is also a good time to take a second look at your wireless plan because you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash bigpick. That's mintmobile.com slash bigpick. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I'm Sean Fennessy. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And this is The Big Picture, a conversation show about fast and furious things. Joining us today to talk about the long-awaited Fast 9 and the entire Fast and Furious series of movies he lives his life one quarter of a pot at a time. It's our pal and the biggest Fast fan on the planet, Shea Serrano. I'm Shea Serrano. <laughs> I just like, wanted to match the thing. Is that is that my energy? Were you oh, yeah. just aping my energy yeah. there? No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me doing my best Paul Walker in honor of the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Guys, it's been 20 years of Fast and Furious movies. Where did the time go? This is Universal's biggest movie franchise, and it is the seventh highest grossing film franchise ever. It's made over $6 billion, and it's about to add a whole bunch more with the new movie that's just come out. Shay, how are you feeling about the Fast and Furious franchise right now? Oh, I'm a big fan. I still love it. The movies can just get worse and worse. It doesn't even matter at this point. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? We're just, we just want to see some stuff. That's it. That's all we want to do. Amanda, what about you? You you have you had Fast Five in your best movies of the decade list. You have sung the praises of this series at times. Where's your head at with the Fast series right now? I stand by everything that I have ever said about Fast Five and that yes. I, no spoilers, will say again on this podcast. Fast Five, a transcendent movie experience. I'm also on record at being a little hesitant about the last few years of this franchise and, <laughs> and, and specifically Hobbs and Shaw, which I just, you know, let's, let's start there. Fair. Did not really get it. That didn't make sense for me. So I like, I'm open hearted. I, there are things about this franchise and it's um, simplicity is maybe one word or idiocy is another, but like a, a beautiful uh, stupidity 
and a challenge of, you know, <laughs> the the limits of the real world. It's, it's my kind of fantasy, if you will, um, that I think are very special when applied correctly. And I, like... I just I I like it when things go fast. So I I I can't I I can't be that bad. It feels it feels to me like the movies have done the things you wanted them to do already. We got the first one. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. The first one is literally a perfect movie. It's awesome. We have like the big gigantic Fast Five. That one shows up and it changes everything. Mm-hmm. We have the big emotional kick in Furious Seven. Mm-hmm. So those were the that's all we needed. Everything else from here is just like. This was like after after Dirk won the title in 2011. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered. He could have played for 30 more years if he wanted to, and we just all loved Dirk. That's what this franchise is. I love that comparison. Unfortunately, you're not going to get off that easy because we are going to rank every single one of these movies in this mm-hmm. podcast. So you're going to have to address some of, the, um, some of the underrated films in the series and also some of the uh, less successful films, Hobbs and Shaw among them. So this franchise has evolved pretty radically in that 20 years. This basically started out as an illegal street racing movie. It was a movie about people in fast cars flipping that Nas switch and just going to the next level. (laughs) And it has somehow transitioned into the biggest superhero slash heist movie slash men on a mission (laughs) movie franchise out in the world right now. It's just absolutely amazing to me. Some of it has worked very well. Some has not. I think Justin Lin is probably most responsible for taking the franchise from this grounded street level action to something bigger and bolder than that. And and Justin Lin, of course, is back here for Fast 9. Shay, are you surprised that this franchise, which you have honestly followed really closely over the years and have written lovingly about over time, Mm -hmm. has transformed in the way that it has? No, because you could see it happening. The Justin Lin thing is exactly right. So he shows up for Tokyo Drift. And he's like, we, okay, we've established that this thing is happening in this world. We're going to go to the other side of the planet now and show you that it's also over here, too. It's bigger than you know. And then he gets into Fast and Furious. And that he begins to like sprinkle the seeds of how big the movie's going to get. That's when we have the, they're like fucking driving through, an, uh, through a mountain at that point. And it's getting a little bit weird. He figures it out perfectly in Fast Five. And at that point, you just belong to the franchise. Now where you're like, well, let's fucking see how big it can get because it was just getting more and more fun each time. So no, it wasn't surprising because it didn't happen like uh, quickly. This was a, this was a gradual like it, it, the first one comes out in 2001. To Fast Five, when everything really gets big, is a decade later. Like you know, it didn't make a big big jump real fast. Amanda, you have been uh, expertly covering the world of illegal street racing for the last twenty years, so I know you've been—I <laughs> know you've been down with this franchise wait. for a long time. <laughs> no, can I wait? Can we? Can we just start there? Um, because I like—I came to this movie with Fast Five. I was taken by friends to see Fast Five in a theater. I had never seen a Fast and Furious uh, film what before then. And, right. Well, I mean, you can imagine it's like an almost religious experience when they actually physically pull the safe out of the wall. And I was just like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is happening. And it is sort of like a the best version of a baptism by fire to start with that movie. But, you know, I did go back and do the work and see the other movies and try to understand this world. And even when I was kind of trying to refresh my memory, which 
um, just means reading Wikipedia pages of plot summaries of, for, <laughs> of all of the early movies for this, this podcast. I was just, the Wikipedia pages, especially for the first three movies, have so much detailed information about the cars that they drive. Just like <laughs> so much info of things that I don't understand and the various cars and what's been done to the cars. And then, you know, they're choosing between car models and all this stuff. And I, that is a part of this franchise that is, you know, it's clearly central, but also that you don't have to know anything about and that I uh, definitely don't know anything about. But what's amazing is that the car descriptions just like completely disappear by the Wikipedia for Fast 6, Fast 7. Everyone's just like, <laughs> we gave up. You know, it's really, it's about a submarine at this point. Good luck, guys. I will say, I, I'm not a car guy. I've never been a car guy. I'm not a street racing guy. And frankly, I'm not a Vin Diesel guy. And I, I'm not afraid to say it. I've never Nuts. been a Vin Diesel guy. Shay, the worst you can, quality. You can, <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember seeing The Fast and the Furious when it came out. I liked it. I thought it was a cool popcorn movie. You know, it, it borrowed its title from a somewhat well-known Roger Corman exploitation movie from the 1960s. And a lot of movies that we see now seem to be very inspired by some of those Roger Corman movies. But it was also obviously a very shiny studio project and directed by a guy named Rob Cohen who went on to make a couple of other movies like this, among them Triple X starring Vin Diesel. And I certainly did not think we'd see a second one. And I certainly did not think we'd be getting 10 of these movies, let alone 11, 12, 13, and 14, which are all been promised, apparently. Uh, I'm, I'm on the one hand impressed by the way they've been able to extend and expand the, the series' lifespan. On the other hand, it has something that it, it doesn't have something that so many other movies have. And, and Amanda has, has railed against this thing in the past, this concept of world building and connectivity and needing to know things to understand movies. And the truth is, while there is some arcana to these stories and it's good to know the motivations of the characters, it doesn't really matter to enjoy a fast movie. It's basically just is as good as the set pieces, the action, the stunts, the heists, and some of the jokes are. That basically sells the movie over time. And it's one of the reasons probably why this franchise will never die. You know, no matter what happens, I feel like it's got an eternal lifespan. I think that's true and not true. It's true for me. It's how I watch these movies. And obviously, like, over time, as I've caught up with the people, you know, I've, I've learned some of the character dynamics. I've learned the importance of family, you know, which is really what <laughs> the Fast and Furious franchise is all about. And I've, um, my heart has grown as the family has grown. And I, I think especially for the true fans of the series, I mean, there's the the Brian and Dom relationship. And then as Shay said, you know, Furious 7 was like very emotional and that required like some back knowledge and also just some knowledge about Paul Walker's life. So I think there are people who um, do invest in the arcana and specifically the arcana of like who's alive and who's not and who is dead and who's like fake dead. But but even there, and one of the hallmarks of this franchise is like people die, but like, just kidding, they actually weren't murdered. That was a fake out so they can come back and have amnesia and, you know, fight someone and then rejoin the family. You can't trust anyone's death. And I think that there is something, it's just a little less serious than the way that some other people take the the hallmarks and the the, the canon of the other franchises. It's like, if, if something of a storyline or isn't working for us or you need a character back or whatever, we'll make it work. You know, the family rides on and we can bring every bat one back if we need to. And it's just, you don't have to think about it that hard. And I really appreciate that. Shay, do you feel like you are closely tracking the 
the mythology, the archaeology of the fast films? Or how do you how do you how do you how do you approach a new fast movie? More so than most is my guess. Is my guess. And that's the thing that I think is really enjoyable about these. Because if you really want to like get into it, it's there for you to get into. And it's not like super complicated. This is not like Game of Thrones stuff where you need to know like uh, like fucking maps and whatnot. Like they're just some main characters who they're <laughs> maybe alive or not alive. Maybe they're There's maybe a they, this movie happened. That I still don't understand. But see, and, and and that's the thing too. Like if you want to get into that, we can like have that whole conversation. But the movie allows for you to like nerd out if you want to. It also allows you to not interact with any of that stuff. I went and saw this with my dad. And I was like, we sat down to watch it. I said, hey, did you watch like the previous movies before this one to get ready? And he was just like, nope. <laughs> and then we just watched it. And we both like had the same experience when we left the, the theater. Like it's, it's a really, it's a neat trick that this franchise is able to, to pull off that it can be in both of those things for both sides. What are the things you expect going into, into these movies at this point? Because the worlds have gotten bigger. The stunts have gotten bigger. Amanda, you mentioned family. Mm-hmm. Family, of course, is the signature I don't know if something can be a theme if it's a word that is said 300 times in a movie, but <laughs> it is, it, it is a, a relevant concept to the fast movies. Shay, what else can we expect in a fast movie? This is, this is what I look for when I sit down to watch the thing. Number one, as Amanda said, family. That's first and foremost. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. That's, when the movie figures out how to do that the best is when the movies are the best. It's that simple. That's why the first one was so effective. That's why the fifth one and the seventh one were so effective because they nailed it on those in those specific movies. So I look for that. This is my own personal list, by the way. That's the first thing I look for. The second thing that I'm like, that I'm like fucking Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen thing <laughs> when it happens is I need a scene where Dominic Toretto looks out of the window of his car. I need it. I have to have it. That's what I signed up for. Give me that exact shot. His face is built for this. His shoulder is built for this. Like he's only supposed to exist inside of the, the the like body of a car is how I see him in my head. So I need to see that. And then I'm of course I'm looking for whatever stunts they're gonna do in the movie, be them big or small. That's the third thing. And then the fourth thing is I need some more stunts. And then the fifth thing is I need some more family. And there you go. That's my whole. That's all I'm looking for when I sit down to watch these movies. That's it. That's all I need. Amanda, is there anything else that you're looking for when you see one of these movies? Sure, yes. I mean, obviously, we just need to like up the ante of the 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 vessel, like the the vehicle that is being used to steal something or win somebody back. You know, you're going from like dragging a safe to the airplane to the aircraft carrier, or not an aircraft carrier. Can a plane be an aircraft carrier, or what do you call that? Uh, fast six. I'm talking plane. about the end of the fast six. You know, yeah, you know the thing I'm plane. talking. That's about. a cargo plane. Cargo, that's what I'm talking about. Cargo plane, right? This is it. You don't even have to know the words. You need a submarine, you need a spaceship, you need a car jumping on another car, just like very <laughs> large things like going really fast. Do you guys remember? I think it was it was around the time of Fast Five. The Onion made a video that was um sort of mean-spirited. And I think it was intending to be mean-spirited, but it was like a, an Onion interview with the screenwriter of uh, Fast Five. And then it the interview was with a small child. And the child <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is just being like, and then it jumped out of a plane. And then it went really fast. And something. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's the video is, is trying to point out how... Um, simple and like maybe stupid these movies are but like that's actually what i want i'm just like and then another plane jumps on the plane and then they crash like two kids playing together 
So that's what I'm looking for. I think also you got to have some inexplicable hacking, especially mm. after Fast Five, you know, and then obviously Coronas. And if you have not read <laughs> about the product placement journey that Coronas have gone on in the um, Fast and Furious franchise, Andrew Gattadero, our colleague at The Ringer, wrote a great piece about it um, that you should check out. But um, you got to have family and you got to have Corona. There must have been some sort of like fight between Vin Diesel and them because they have it in the, in Fast 9 and they open it and everything and he doesn't take a drink. He just sets it down. And like that seems intentional yeah. to me. I, uh, another thing that I look for, if we're like, if we're actually listing specific things, like a marquee moment in any of the, the later movies, especially uh, five and beyond is, is a, is a, a Letty fight. I think she's oh, yeah. the best fighter in the franchise. Like she's given us the two best fights. It's when she fights Ronda Rousey and Furious seven. And when she fights Gina, she fights Gina twice and uh, Fast and Furious Part Six, like the subway fight, is fucking gnarly. The Ronda Rousey fight is incredible. I think she has like the most fight confidence of anybody in the movie. She has a great fight scene in this one. Is really excited about it. They have a clip of it in the trailer when she like knees the guy in the chest and rides him like a surfboard out of the window. <laughs> and I'm like, there, there we go. You're you're doing the stuff I need you to do right now. This is a movie that's opening in movie theaters uh, very soon and is expected to be the biggest new release of the year thus far. And it is a great movie theater kind of a franchise. I would say it is not the greatest sit at home and watch it with your friend, sit at home and watch it by yourself movie, but with hundreds of people laughing and kind of getting the rollicking event movie spirit of it, I think is when it's most successful. Um, I guess as far as what we love most about it, Shay, do you have like a character that you feel most connected to in these stories? Because the fast movies do something interesting where not every key character is in every single movie. And especially in recent years when there has been rumors about who may or may not be getting along amongst some of the high level staff of this movie, you sometimes get a movie with a rock that doesn't feature Vin Diesel or you get a movie that features Jason Statham but doesn't feature, I don't know, Michelle Rodriguez or Ludacris. Who is your key person in these movies? The number one most important person in the movie across all of them is Dominic Toretto. He's the main one. It's him. You have to, you have, to have him, Brian, and Letty. Those are the three. You need those three for the franchise to be at its absolute best. You can like, you have some wiggle room in here every once in a while, but you need, you need those in there. That's why the last couple of movies have been n not as well received as the previous ones, especially the way that they ended Furious 7 was absolutely perfect and they try and lean on it a little bit in the fate of the furious we get like a picture of brian we get like some sideways talk of him and fast nine they're like alluding to him in the background um it's but, but you need those three but if you can only have one if like you're like you're starting your team it has to be toretto he's the main main one Amanda, we mentioned um, your admiration for illegal street racing. I've also known you to be an admirer of the music <laughs> of Tyrese Gibson. Um, sure. <laughs> is Tyrese your number one guy in the Fast franchise? He did make me laugh in this one. He's funny uh, in this he's one. Funny. Yeah, he's, he's funny. Yeah. Roman's funny. You know, I mean, what Shay said is true in the sense that these this entire franchise is built around the Dom character, and you know, you can't have the family without him. And also, he just, you know, always manages to save the day. So you also kind of need him for those purposes. But I I am drawn to the comic relief and to the side characters and to the villains and to the kind of chaos of everyone all together, um, especially 
now that we no longer have Brian, which is very sad. The, the Dom and Brian thing was really nice, but um, I'm a big fan of the, the Shaw family, both Jason Statham Great. and Helen Mirren. I, but like, this mm-hmm. is the thing. Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron are both in this franchise. It's And they are just like getting paid a lot of money to say nonsense things for a couple of days and then go on with their lives. And I, uh, that means a lot to me as well. So yeah, I like all the side characters. So Fast 9 is an event for me and I cared about it all for pretty much one reason and one reason only and it's because Han is back. I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that that Han Lu, the great character from um, initially Tokyo Drift and, you know, an incredible actor, Sung Kang, who I first saw in a great movie called Better Luck Tomorrow, directed, of course, by Justin Lin. Um, and it, he's the coolest person on the planet. He is the single Easily. coolest person I've, I've, I've seen in a movie in years. And it's so it was just so exciting to see him in this new movie. You, you, he, he just stands there with his hands in his pockets. And you're like, fuck yes. Yeah. It's like a GQ, I think it was a GQ spread that just came out with some pictures of him just being a person. He's just sitting there. Fuck yes. You're doing it. You're doing exactly what I want you to do. This is one of the things that I love about Justin Lin. This was very much like, like a Jay-Z and Nas. You, you, you made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. It's like he shows up and he's like, oh, the movie that I did before, Better Luck Tomorrow, I'm just going to make that a part of this. It's part of this now and yes. it's better. It's better for it. I fucking love it. Han is incredible. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay, Sean, top three movie snacks of all time, go. Um, all right, let me think. Uh, popcorn? Obviously. Hmm. Ice cream? That's two. Oh, and uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, of course. Peanut butter and chocolate is a pretty perfect combination. Some may even say the ultimate movie snack. You can't argue with that. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring is such a refreshing time of year. Flowers are blooming and you're getting your house in order. But now is also a good time to take a second look at your wireless plan because you might be overpaying. Right now, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash bigpick. That's mintmobile.com slash bigpick. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, so one of the issues that I have with this new film and that I have with a lot of these movies is I, I don't think that this series does villains very well. Now, they've gotten some high-profile villains. You mentioned Charlize Theron just now, Amanda, and she, of course, is the villain in, the villain in Fate of the Furious. But there is this sense that Dom and Brian in the, for, in the early stages of the films are doing this kind of hero-anti-hero dance. And so it's mm-hmm. ultimately never really about yes. whoever is the villain in the series. But... It's unusual, you know, in the in the in the world of Voldemort and Sauron and all the big bads in the history of the franchise movies. Fast and the Furious doesn't really seem to care about that. Am I am I right about that, Shay? You are a hundred percent correct. That's a, that's how they start the first movie. There's no real villain. It's it's turns out it's Dom that Brian is chasing, and it's all by the by the time he realizes it. It's just also convoluted that he doesn't like know what to do or how to handle it, and that's what makes it so interesting. That's part of the reason Too Fast, Too Furious didn't pop. It's part of the reason Tokyo Drift didn't pop. It's part of the reason Fast and Furious didn't drop, didn't pop. 
But then they do it again in Fast Five with The Rock. And he's not really the villain, but he's the villain. And they're like, oh, this is like, this is how we should do it each time. And they go so far, they like they go so far with it in Fast Nine that the main villain here is John Cena, or like he's the the like tool of the main villain. He doesn't even make it through the whole movie before he turns good now. Like they're yes. just like, you're part of the team automatically. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that, yeah, that's that's the thing that happens in here. I think Statham is probably the best, like the best villain they've gotten just because he felt already like he was like he belonged in that world. Like if you just close your eyes and you're like, who's this franchise missing? Oh, Jason Statham. That's who we have to get. I agree. I think the Shaw family in general, long term, should return to villainy, full stop in the franchise. I think they're the best that they've had. But I don't know, Amanda. What do you, what just, do you think? You, like, you don't like a Bond villain. I, I don't know what it is about you that you just kind of, <laughs> you get really mad. Right. You didn't grow up on those movies. And so anytime like someone kind of just invents like some evil international spy to take things over, which is like clearly a MacGuffin. It's just movie making. But, like, I don't care. Like, I, and I actually like kind of having fun people like Charlize show up for two days to do nonsense, to add some sort of ridiculous tension. Like, I just don't overthink it. So, and and the other thing is like, <laughs> I just, you know, I really like any scene in a movie that's like, we got to get the gang together. You know, we got to get the crew. We got to yeah. assemble everybody. And so now that the Shaw family is a part of the family, like, I don't want you to take them away. We just got to keep adding. That's another genius part of these movies is even though they have like the world's largest, like international crime fighting street you know, racing gang. They just keep adding more people. You know, the tent is like big enough for everybody. So, and they get to have one of those scenes every time. So let's keep the Shaws and just, you know, have some more Bond villains. I'm at peace with it. Charlize is so funny in Fate of the Furious. You knew she was going to be like wilding out when she showed up with fucking dreads. Yeah. Or braids or whatever. <laughs> you're like, oh, here we go. We're get, you're going to go for it, I guess. And then she shoots Dominic's baby's mother in the head in front of him and in front of like she was she was really trying to be a villain there and and fast nine they're like oh just stand in this glass box like magneto we're gonna do that with you this time and give you a game boy to like hack whatever whatever uh if she worked more than two days on f9 i will be shocked i think that that was an incredible (laughs) paycheck job by her to come through for what felt like 16 hours, record every line of dialogue. She was magnificent. She's always magnificent. We love Charlize. But, um, I, you know, I wouldn't say it makes me mad, Amanda, that they don't have great villains. But I don't think, I don't really love it because the stakes are like, are they going to do the job? Yeah, they're going to do the job. Every movie is the same. They they pull it off at the last but minute. That's, but that's not why you go to these movies. You don't, like getting mad that the Fast and the Furious Wait, franchise doesn't I'm have I'm not getting mad. Like, good why does everyone keep saying I'm getting mad? <laughs> that's like that's like getting mad that fucking Bloodsport didn't have a, a better dialogue. Like that's not what we're there for. We're mm-hmm. not we're not there for the villains. We're there for Dom. We're there for the we're there to see you like to throw a fucking whatever a submarine to the moon. Right. And, and fast forward to, like that's what we're here for. We're that's there all to go we to need. space, you know? Yeah, that's all. That's all. So I mentioned that this is a movie theater movie par excellence. The movie theaters really need Fast and Furious. Um, do movies need Fast and Furious is like kind of an existential question that I'm interested in exploring with you guys because this franchise is one of the only like original properties to emerge in the last 30 years in Hollywood that is is as important to the bottom line of movie making as any. And it may not be the smartest franchise of all time. It may not have the best acting, no shots to Vin, 
but but it is consistent and persistent. It doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Amanda, what do you think? Yes. I mean, movies need anything that will get people to watch them and talk about them. Like we are, Sean, we are screwed every week. Like just like, please make a movie. Don't make a mini series. Thank you. We're begging you. <laughs> so any movie that, um, that people want to see, it's an international hit as well. It features, you know, a lot of actors and actresses who are not the typical stars of a Hollywood franchise over the course of 20 years now, which is very exciting. I, you know, it's just bringing a different type of fan in. And is it Citizen Kane? No, it is not. But we have space for Citizen Kane, and then we have space for cars smashing against each other, you know, in a in a ravine. And that's dope, too. And if it gets more people watching movies, then I, you know, it's you fun. See, um, you see a similar thing happen with, with, uh, books or in the in the publishing industry, where it's like one or two books that are really successful will float the company for the year, and that and those two like even if those books are terrible or or whatever, they sell enough copies that the other cool people get to make the cool stuff that you want to see. So a lot of the movies that you watch that you like, they don't get made if you don't have movies like these that are fucking just bringing in every dollar. Let's rank these movies. Shay, you're the you're going to be the driver of this conversation. I've listed okay. all ten of these movies here, which includes the nine Fast and Furious films and Hobbs and Shaw. These are the ten movies mm-hmm. we're going to be ranking. Now, okay. we've we've heard talk of the first film. We've heard a lot of talk of Fast Five. We've heard a lot of talk of Furious Seven. Those I think are widely considered the best of the series. Fair to say, one two, one two three. You think that's well, one two three? I'm. I think I, it's. Oh, We're, go ahead, there's going to be well. There's we need to do some drama, and also I, I'm obviously going to fight with you on one of them. But please do. But I think we can group those in the top three for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, what order, Amanda? Would you put those three films? So I obviously am putting Fast Five at number one, mm-hmm. and I think probably I don't know. I the the Fast and the Furious is just like a completely different movie than everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's just totally different. Yeah. But I do think it's pretty good on its self-contained turn. So I would probably put it at two. And I'd put um, Furious 7 at number three. Shay, with, how, does, how does that strike no you? no disrespect to Paul Walker. The, the thing about this one is like, this is similar to in the like late 90s, early 2000s, it was when I like found Jay-Z. It was like volume two when that album came out, which sold 5 million copies. Everybody was talking about it. I'm like, oh, I like this guy. And then after that, I found Reasonable Doubt, which was his first album. And it sounds like it's a whole different planet. That's the same thing that happens here with these. If you come in at Fast Five and then you go back and watch The Fast and the Furious, it's like, what am I even looking at? What are we doing? You're still in DVD players? What's happening here? Shay, organic plug. When is the No Skips episode about Reasonable Doubt coming out, man? Uh Tomorrow. Well, I don't know what day this podcast is coming out. This day, this so. Is, so it's already going to be out. You, I can't believe you didn't plug yourself there. You, it was set up beautifully. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm <laughs> too busy. I'm too focused on this. I'm too mad that Amanda put Furious Seven in third place. At number this is a, three. This is I the know correct it's order. The emotional complex, whatever. But like Fast Five is the. It, it opens up all the possibility. It has some of the original. It's got you know. It's looking ahead. It has, I mean, it's obviously important to me, but I just, they dragged a safe through Rio, Shay. Like, they took the safe out of the wall, and then they just (laughs) dragged it through the city, and then they switched it to another safe. And then 
The Rock was like, where is the money? I mean, it's so good. Come on. It's re- it's great. Listen, this is like, we're talking 98, 99, 100. That's what we're doing here. They're like, this, this, this is the level that we're at. But number one is the Fast and the Furious. We have to have the first one there. It's the start of everything. It's the best version of Dom and, and, and Brian that we get. Like, and that's the centerpiece of the it whole the franchise. It is the best that you get, for sure. Um, so we have to have that one to start. After that is Furious 7, because that's when I l- you have- I will actually not be on this podcast if Fast 5 is is less than number two. I would give you number one. That's a compromise. You- Furious 7, like, no. It's very You're emotional. You're already on this podcast. What are you I know, about? but I'm just going to be like, no. <laughs> this is not Furious how- 7, they have all of the pieces. They put them all together okay. in the perfect way. It's the perfect send-off. For Paul Walker, we, I, I, every one of these movies I've seen them in the theater. We're in the theater. Everybody in here is just fucking crying at the end when they're doing the beach scene. Just like an actual Laramie, who doesn't care about any of this stuff, is it just in tears with me? We're both just like I can't. I'm crying to a Wiz Khalifa song in the movie theater. <laughs> like what? That's how special this movie is. The Fast and the Furious, Furious Seven, Fast Five. I love all three of those, but that has to be the order that they come in. Say it one more time. Do your do your top three. The Fast and the Furious. Number one. F- Furious Seven. Number two. Fast Five. Amanda's gonna have a heart attack. Amanda might have to make a separate list. I I just I I was actually willing to compromise and go Fast and the Furious one, <laughs> Fast Five two, <laughs> Furious Seven three. But I that's I a, will yeah, and I I can that's a I very can common, live with that. That's a very common like listing of them. There's right. half of the people listening to this right now are like Amanda is absolutely correct. I well actually my personal ranking is Fast Five number one, but yeah. you know I, I was willing in the spirit of diplomacy and family to meet you halfway. I'm not willing to meet you all the way at Fast Five at number three. This That's is okay. a this is a podcast of compromise, despite all evidence to the contrary. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say that. Our rankings for now. And I have no idea why we did one, two, three first when we should have done it last. Nevertheless, we'll go the Fast and the Furious one, Fast Five, Two, Furious Seven. Fucking shit. Okay. Shay is mad. I'm very sorry to you, Shay. That's terrible. Let's keep going. Hey, Shay, you're an expert. Come on here. (laughs) Tell us what you think. Hey, guess what? Everything you said is wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) That's not what I said. Erroneous. (laughs) Erroneous. Erroneous. Okay. Let's do number 10. Hobbs and is Hobbs and Shaw the I'm with worst? You. Hobbs and Shaw. I'm with Is you. Is it? Like, it's, and it's I not like th- both of those people, and they just didn't know what to do with them. And also, the effects were so garbage that helicopter scene was the <laughs> fakest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Give me a break. It's I not like Hobbs. It's and not Shaw. that good. It's like it's fun to watch. It's fine. This is, I think, starting with like eight with the Fate of the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, Fast Nine. The trailers became more fun than the movies. Like when mm. you when you watch the trailer for Fast Nine and it ends with Han walking out of the tunnel, I fucking lost my mind. Incredible. I watched it on. I was like running around the house, screaming. Like it was like a very exciting thing. And then you watch when you watch it in the movie, they like do it so slowly. You know it's coming. It's not like a you know not like a Im- big thing. Could you imagine if they hadn't revealed that in the trailer? If he just sh- like we didn't know, that would have been so Dude. awesome. It would have been incredible. Yeah, that was it a would have been it, it would have been incredible. But I'm with Amanda. I think Hobbs and Shaw. It doesn't have any of the like pieces of the original movie. Like zero pieces from the Fast and the Furious are in this. Um, you can argue like Tokyo Drift. It doesn't have any of the main characters, but it does have like the spirit of the franchise in it. 
Hobbs and Shaw does it. Hobbs and Shaw, I didn't even include it in the list. It was like a whole different thing for me. It's not even on like, I just made a list of top nine. I didn't even include it. Yeah, I think we have to consider it because it seems like what the Fast and the Furious is going to be long term is this series of expansion titles because yeah. clearly Jason Statham and Vin Diesel don't necessarily want to make a lot of movies together. And I think because of that, we're going to see a lot of these families get split mm-hmm. up over time. But okay, so Hobbs and Shaw is number 10. I would argue that the fate of the Furious and F9 or 9 and 8 is that too yeah. harsh uh, about so these, these most recent films. So you're putting... Sorry, because it's eight and nine and nine and eight. I'm confused. So, I would say the fate of the furious is nine and F nine is eight. Okay. In my opinion, I, the t- the titles are very confusing to me. I like I, <laughs> I appreciate. Why is this the one place where they're trying to be clever? Like no offense, <laughs> just honestly, <laughs> just be like Fast and the Furious nine, Fast and the Furious eight. Like we can all count. It's cool. Okay. Um, I guess. I mean. I like am charmed by too fast, too furious. Um, and I think I'm also, but, but I don't know if it's the strongest part. And I think I'm also just really charmed by the baby set piece in fate of the furious, mm. which is when <laughs> Jason Statham is, you know, trying fighting people and also trying to keep the baby from crying. So, but maybe it's not worth advancing it for one set piece. So let me make my case here. And I don't know why I care okay. about this, but I do. Um, I, the bigger set pieces are really what pushes these things over the top for me. And the bigger set piece in Fate of the Furious is the submarine um, cipher sequence with Charlie's Theron, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in F9, we will get to this, but there is a series of set pieces with magnets that are fucking sick. Everything else in the movie, I, I kind of take it or leave it. But anytime there's a magnet on screen, I'm like, I'm into this movie. I'm excited about this. I've never seen this used in this way. And purely on the strength of that innovation to the story, I would put. Not F9 over the fate of the Furious. You buy okay. it? That's, a, that's yeah. exactly the order that I have it in. As okay. okay. All right. Okay. I don't feel that strongly about it. I just, I don't really think that we give enough credit to either Jason Statham or Helen Mirren's performances in these franchises. You know who's and, great? And especially in, in, in Fate of the Furious because it works in that movie and like doesn't really work in Hobbs and Shaw. But anyway. That's fair. I was going to say my favorite character out of Hobbs and Shaw is Vanessa Kirby when she shows up? She's great. She's she like the great. surprise of the movie. Yeah. She just great fight confidence. I'm a big fan of fight confidence. I think her work in Mission Impossible Six and in Hobbs and Shaw should have cemented her as the next great action star. And then she went and made a movie about a traumatic birthing sequence that, like, I don't know how that she made that pivot from Hobbs and Shaw to that movie. That's just she absolutely wants terrifying. To do both. Let I, her do, the, you know, let the, her the do The fact both. that she could do it is like that's pretty great. Yeah. She, she's got range for sure. Okay, so we're left with these four movies that are widely considered kind of the, the chunky middle. And there are some serious defenders of Too Fast, Too Furious. There are some serious defenders of Tokyo Drift. I find Fast and Furious 6, the sixth film, and Fast and Furious, the fourth film, I can't keep them straight. I don't know what happens in either of those movies. I just remember not really caring <laughs> about them that much. I like six more than four. Okay. Because yes. six yes. is, you know, well, it's obviously like post fast five. So they just have like found their more is more footing and the rock is in it. That's when they do the whole thing with the cargo plane. There's some, you know, romances and some side characters that I can't totally keep straight, but it, it is kind of like the soap opera ist of them. So I, I would vote to put fast and furious four at number seven. Okay. That's absolutely, Shane, you feel that's about, absolutely correct. 
Okay. I'll yeah, go because that. Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious Six, we get a bunch of big things. We get the introduction of the Shaw family with the younger brother before Statham shows up. Yeah, uh, he's like the get, least uh, cool member of the Shaw family. Tbh. Yeah, you get you get. Uh, uh, this is the best like Letty movie of the franchise. We get a lot of Letty in this movie. Um, we have the the like. The big fight scene between Letty and Gina that that happens. There's like two of those. There's also the big fight where The Rock and Vin and Dominic Toretto team up to fight oh, right. the bat in the in the plane. Right, right, right. Um, we have Han. We have Giselle. We have uh, it, it, like that's the that's a you have to have that one above Part Four. Part Four. The only great thing in there is like I don't even know if it's like a great thing, but like the the fight between Dom and Brian. When Dom believes that Brian is like responsible, had something to do with Letty's death, you know? Yes, I do remember that sequence. Okay. Hmm. All right. I so I feel good about that. So we go Hobson Shaw, The Fate of the Furious, F9, Fast and Furious, which is the fourth mm-hmm. film, Fast and Furious Correct. Six, which I guess is also alternately known as is it known as anything else? I guess it is Fast and Furious Six. Why did they it's get Fast less and creative? Furi- Fast and Furious Six. Four, five, and six, you can put these in any order you want. I have it at, I have Fast and Furious Six in my fourth place spot for the reasons that I, that I listed, I think it's more integral to the like advancement of the movies, but you can put it in six if you like. Okay. So I'll just make the case for too fast, too furious very quickly, which Mm -hmm. when I saw, I did not like and did not understand and couldn't figure (laughs) out why they were taking the franchise in this direction. And now I look at it and I think about the context of John Singleton's career. And of course he's since passed a few years ago. And I think about the characters that it introduced and the kind of tone that it introduced and frankly, the diversity that it introduced, which has become a signature, Amanda, as you point out in this franchise and showing us some, um, you know, ludicrous character early on, showing us the, uh, the Tyrese character, the, the sort of the expansion of the world of Too Fast, Too Furious. It's pretty funny. It's pretty entertaining. Seems like it has a little bit more in common tonally than with the current set of, fran- set of the franchise than that original Rob Cohen film, which is pretty kind of gritty and serious and does not have that much of a sense of humor. So I have come around on Too Fast, Too Furious quite a bit. The introduction of Roman to the franchise, great turn. The introduction of Ludacris, great turn. Like you, uh, John, Lud- John Singleton has just come off of doing Baby Boy with Tyrese in 2001. And he's like, he's pretty good in that. Let's see if he can do this as well. And then he shows up and he's doing the like, I'm hungry thing. He's got that big, beautiful smile that he just throws around like a weapon. He does the ejecto cedo cuz. Like he's so much fun in this, in this movie. There's a, I can't remember who wrote it. There was a great article in GQ about this exact movie, like Make It the Case for it recently. It's really good. It's like a lot of fun. When will Eva Mendez rejoin the franchise? Thank oh, you. Thank you. Amazing Thank question. You. Where is Eva Mendez? That right. is the, the biggest question in this entire, in, in movies right now. It's Cameron right. Diaz and Eva Mendez. They both bailed on movies. They're both well, having a family? Having Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that Eva Mendez is, I believe, also designing clothes uh, and, and living her best life with Ryan Gosling, which, you know. Wouldn't we all? I'll if, take it. Yeah, if if given the it. opportunity, but uh, it does seem like that character could could show back up if she wanted to. It was a uh, Katie Walsh who wrote the GQ thing. I just want to make oh, sure okay. I say the name. Got it. Um, it's really good. I'm looking at Eva Mendez's uh, IMDb here, and it's actually her Wikipedia, her list of roles, and it literally says 2014 Lost River. She played a character named Cat. That mm-hmm. film was directed by her partner Ryan Gosling. And next to it, it says final film role. 
Yeah. I I mean, I do think that she, like Cameron Diaz, like announced a retirement or like a step back to pursue other interests, like which do what you want. But I do think there's an opportunity for her if she ever wants to unretire, which is a thing that actors can do. Um, she's she's my first place pick for somebody to return to the franchise after that is Leon yeah. from the very oh, first movie who just yeah. disappeared. And if so, we're going to undead people, bring Jesse back too. Take so, them bullets right out of his chest. Shay, explain to me where you stand on Tokyo Drift right now because it's a movie that has a huge cult fan base that gets a pretty big shout out in F9. Um, mm-hmm. It has some, some important figures appear in the film. Um, where do you stand on it at the moment? Tokyo Drift, the first time I saw it, I didn't like it, like, at all. I didn't like the, the characters who were in it, with the exception of Han. Uh, what was his name? Lucas Black. It was just like, this is not, like, you're, you're the Friday Night Lights guy. We, this is not where you belong. You belong. You, you don't have the right, like, thing for this. Um, I just wanted more Dom. I wanted more Brian. I didn't understand why we didn't get any of either of them. I didn't know anything about, like, any of the background pieces of why we we were moving in this direction. But as the franchise has moved along, especially over these last few years, over the last like stretch of three movies, the further we get from that movie, the better it starts to feel, the smarter it starts to feel, the more influential it starts to feel. You really look at you like, oh shit. It was like not it was not only brave that they like did this with this franchise, but also super sharp. And it just fits every like you can snap everything together with that movie. If that's that's the one movie, if you take it out, all of the rest of it falls apart. And I didn't realize that until like the last two years or so. I don't think they realized it until about three movies later either. Well, there you but, go. I'm right with them then. But that's okay. <laughs> Would you put Too Fast, Too Furious behind Tokyo Drift? I have it behind it now. Yeah. As uh, maybe if you would have asked me this 18 months ago, Too Fast, Too Furious would have been my fifth place pick. With okay. Tokyo Drift right behind it. Now I now they swapped. I have Too Fast, Too Furious as my sixth place pick. Tokyo Drift is my fifth place pick. It's just moving up slowly but surely. Slowly it's coming. It's it's inching its way toward that top four. Okay, so given all of the compromises we've made, here's where we stand with our top ten. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Number ten, Hobbs and Shaw, which I think is actually not horrible, but you guys hate it, so I'm willing to roll with that. Don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just okay. one I didn't what I was really looking like for. It. Okay, number nine, The Fate of the Furious. Don't think it's that successful, mm-hmm. despite Amanda's love for the for the baby plane sequence, which is pretty dope. <laughs> it's funny. Number eight, F9, which we're about to talk about in a little more detail in a moment. Number seven, Fast and Furious. Number six, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious 6. Number five, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number four, Tokyo Drift. Number three, Furious 7. Number two, Fast 5. Number one, The Fast and the Furious. So here's what happened. We compromise now. No one is happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well. There's like a there's a line in Billions where Axelrod says nobody walks away from a negotiation happy, and that's how I feel right now. I didn't understand that line until right now. That's why historically we don't treat this show like a democracy. You know, I, I rule with an iron fist, and Amanda can try to rail against the man, <laughs> and it makes her a hero. It makes yeah, her a, a, a rebel to the listeners of the world, and what an amazing place to be instead of the authoritarian like me. Anyhow, let's talk about Fast Nine. Um. I'll be real with you. I did not like it very much. Uh, I did like a couple of things about it. Um, but I, I also know that this is a movie that in the, in the parlance of Amanda is, is not really for me. You know, like this is not a franchise that is built for me and I don't follow it as closely. Shay, obviously you follow it much more closely than I do. What'd you think of the movie? I thought it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is to say they're going to do a lot of big shit. They're going to, they're going to get into space 
They're going to do the magnets thing. We're going to see we're going to see the Dom's father's death. They like they show one second of it in the trailer. I remember the trailer came out and I was watching it and I saw the car flipping through the like the NASCAR car flipping through the thing and I paused it and I screenshot it and then I sent it to Andrew and I'm like look we're going to get the, they're going to show it to us they're going to show it to us it's like a whole big thing. I wasn't expecting for them to start the movie that way. It was like a hardcore way to start it. Uh, but all told, you know, I would watch it again, sure. Um, Amanda, what did you think? I, again, I admire the grandiosity of all of these. I like that there is just a um, an unexamined uh, zeal for throwing things together. And so I like those parts of it. I am not the hugest Vin Diesel fan. So as, and Sean, as you noted, when we were walking out of the theater, cause we accidentally saw this movie together, which was really nice. It was me, Sean, and like <laughs> a bunch of other people like pouring popcorn on each other in the theater, but that's cool. Hopefully they were vaccinated. Um, <laughs> it, it's like a, a pure Vin Diesel movie. And everyone shows up at one point, you know, Helen Mirren's there and Han comes back and I I guess Jason Statham and The Rock aren't in it, which is sad because I do like them except for when they're given their own movie, just a very counterintuitive um, thing. I I suppose that's the power of family. But so I mostly was just there for the set pieces and the stupid jokes and like the very meta stupid jokes. Like they give, you know, they've started giving Roman like a, you really want me to do this? Like, isn't this really stupid? Kind of winking at the audience. And there mm-hmm. is some good stuff about that. And I I like self-aware movies. I like th- things that wink at the audience. I think I like things that are like, isn't it silly that we just like have a bunch of magnets in this car and then we're just going to drag all the other cars with the magnets and then it's just going to smash each other. But I do think these movies are kind of reaching the uh, limits of their believe not even believability but of their unbelievability right like there's only so much stupid suspension of disbelief that you can do and i don't know how like how many more like large vehicles are there at this point for them to use like what's left (laughs) yeah it's good good i was gonna say how did y'all feel about john cena in this i would say mixed for the exact reason that you cited which is it was so clear that he was going to be a part of the family from the moment he appeared on screen, that mm-hmm. I had a hard time buying him as this kind of villainous, runty brother trying to, you know, show his elder brother that he is, you know, worthy of of the the legacy of Dom Toretto and Dom Toretto's father. But I, you know, I'm g- generally speaking, I'm a fan of John Cena as a professional wrestling figure, so I'm not. I, I wasn't mad at him. I just didn't love it. I like. I will say, as someone who is only familiar with professional wrestling um, by you trying to tell me about it and sending me clips, <laughs> like this doesn't seem that different from professional wrestling. That's a good point. And in the sense of like everybody's a little bit in on the joke and the absurdity, and that's what's fun about it. It's true. I think it's th- this role is a little bit outside of the persona that he usually pursues. Um, and so because of that, it doesn't really work until they start teaming up. And then once... Once they're all on the side of the magnets, that's when the movie starts to sink for me. Uh, I did think I didn't of the like fight. Them. I didn't like them. Did, what? Like the magnets? I didn't like them. Oh no, oh. not the magnets. The magnets oh. are great. I'm talking about John Cena. Okay. Oh, you you weren't into it. It just, it, it just didn't feel right. I love like I watched them in a 
what was a plane with fire when he was a fireman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is great. This is a, I'm having a great time watching this movie. Uh, maybe I like John Cena now. And then I watch this one and I'm like, no, nope, nope, I don't. He's I don't in like, a. F- I don't like the performance. He's in a forthcoming superhero movie this summer that where I found him very enjoyable. And if he, it, I felt like it leveraged his sense of humor. Is in that, a way the, that this the movie Suicide Squad one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was so when he pops up in the trailer for that one, he's doing like the opposite of this. He's doing like, John that's Cena. Great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, the John Cena like do that. That's what I. That's what I need. I. One more question, and then you can have control back of the show, Sean. <laughs> um, one more question. You guys keep saying that you don't think Vin Diesel is a good actor. Are you saying you That's don't think Vin Diesel is a good he's actor? He's not a good actor. As Dominic Toretto, or just like in like in general, you don't think he's good. Both. He's but literally. The, he's, golly. Go ahead, Amanda. The line readings have gotten more and more preposterous as the series goes on. And obviously the lines have gotten more and more preposterous. You know, there are only so many times you can say, like, we need to you know, steal all the world's magnets in order to defeat the supervillain. <laughs> but he seems to have um, developed his own idea of who Dom is and how Dom relates to the series and to this idea of family that I don't think is in line with how anyone else sees it. And it's a little bit alienating for me personally. He, he sees himself as a, a noble warrior. And he sees the Dom character as this profound figure of literature. And I see him as a bad actor. I've always thought he was. He's a turnoff for me in movies, um, which I know is not necessarily popular opinion because of the, the popularity of this series. But I, I never got it. I never got it. I think he's been good in some films. I think he's in a, a really good Sidney Lumet movie called Find Me Guilty. He's not bad in Boiler Room. But like, Whenever I see him try now, and you can see it when you take him out of the Fast series. Like I watched Bloodshot last year, right at the beginning of the pandemic, because I was like, mm-hmm. I just need a new movie. I, they weren't releasing any more new movies. I was freaking out, and I was like, I'm going to spend 19.99 on Bloodshot tonight. I did and watch too. it. I did too. <laughs> Shay, it was horrible. It was. Ho- I tried I, to not talk that way on the show great, about movies, though. but it was so. I mean, sure, it's, it it's, looks awesome. The, I liked the, it. <laughs> Guy Guy Pierce and Vin Diesel. Everybody, and sign him sign me up. Guy Pierce is slumming it. Just slumming it. I, that's what I that's why I thought Guy Pierce was going to be worse in Mare of Easttown because I thought he was channeling his character from that film and from Without Remorse. Um what else about Fast Nine? Obviously, it's been much speculated that they go to space. Did you think that the going to space was fun? I didn't like it. I was they didn't they didn't do it how I thought they should have done it which is a silly thing to say, but they just get up there and they're like just floating okay. yeah, and trying to be just, and, and then they to, just do like a very low stakes spacewalk. I agree. I like, yeah. I, I was so excited. I love space movies still have never been to space camp and they just kind of were there in orbit for a minute and then they just didn't interact with anything. I don't understand I mean, I guess it leaves the door open for more space hijinks. Like maybe the family will actually get a space shuttle and then fight with, I mean, I guess aliens. Do you think they're going to be aliens as a part of this franchise before all is said and done? But this was just like, you know, a Gemini 5 mission. Like I don't, or Gemini 6, whatever. Yeah. So this was the one time where it was like, it felt like they were trying to make it a little bit believable. Like this could actually happen. And I think that's not the tone that we should be going for with these things. Like, if you're going to put a car in space, make it a fucking space car. Let's go for it. Yeah, what, like, exactly. Let's do some burnouts or something. 
I don't know, but they're just sort of floating there, being existential. They're cutting back and forth between that and like this crazy shit that's happening on the ground. And I just was like, come on. I don't want anyone listening to take away from this that I don't want the Fast and Furious franchise to go back to space. I would like them to go back to space, but make yeah. it real this time. Bring it, br- yeah, bring in Sandy Bullock and George Clooney and let's fucking do Gravity and Fast and the Furious together. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what makes a good movie even better? Delicious food. And I know exactly where to find that. Now, for a limited time, you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. A crispy chicken tender with bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy baja, crisp lettuce, and melty cheese. It's just what you need for a perfect movie night. Get yourself some TLC, tender love and chicken, for only $1.99 at Sonic. Buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included, limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. One of the challenges of this movie for me in addition to obviously the the heartbreaking loss of Paul Walker no longer being a part of the series is this movie doesn't have The Rock and Jason Statham, nor does it really have Kurt Russell. And the people I want to see in space are Kurt Russell and The Rock and Jason Statham. Make <laughs> that the next movie. I mean, that's good. That's true. What, what else would you guys want to see from this franchise in the future? Because we are going to get a bunch more of these movies. Anything that you'd like to see, a direction you'd like to see them push in? Maybe like severe emotional dramas like Ingmar Bergman circa 1965? <laughs> so I... I believe in the beauty of Dom and Letty's relationship, but I mm-hmm. just also really the only time that Ben Diesel came alive to me on screen was also when he came alive to Helen Mirren in the car next to him <laughs> on the screen. And I'm sensing some tension there. Yeah. And if there's like a way to explore that without disrespecting Letty, who is important, I think that that could be fruitful. When they, when they kiss, when he kisses Charlize and the fate of the furious, I remember just being like heartbroken about it. Like, what are you doing, Dom? What are you doing? How yeah. could you how could you do this? I do want to see more Letty. Uh, more Letty on a motorcycle. The motorcycle bit was awesome. I was really excited about that. Uh, I, I think what I would like to see the most, there was this thing that happened with heist movies over like a 10-year period where they just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're like, we're, we're stealing $40,000. Now we're stealing $600 million from seven casinos at the same. And it was like, it, it lost its appeal when it got that big. And then Hell or High Water showed up. And everyone was like, fuck yes. That's the thing. That's, I think we reset the whole franchise. And we go back to the straight racing, recent street racing thing. And we just do it again. Let's just do it again. We introduce, uh, okay, Dom has a, 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 a younger brother. Let's give him a younger sister too. Let's get Zendaya in here. She's a street racing champion of like wherever, whatever city you want to put her in. And now she's going to, run the team. I think we can like let's go that way. Let's get smaller so you again. Kind of want to Tokyo drift it now. I want to that yeah, they've... that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Look, I I missed it when they did it the first time with Tokyo Drift. I want to appreciate it in real time. Yes, let's Tokyo drift it again. Get Justin Lin, let's do it, baby. 
I want Vin Diesel and Helen Mirren to have sex in space, but I respect there your you vision. Go. There you go. Amanda, you were or that, or one that. of the absolute weirdest people I've ever met. I just, I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I'm trying to work with what's in front of me, okay? Um, the, the rumor is that the next Fast and Furious film is going to be the female-led Fast and Furious movie, so I suspect Letty will play a huge part in that. I suspect Natalie Emanuel, whose name has not come up from Game of Thrones fame, who also plays a pretty big part in this movie, will be a part of that. Charlize Theron, perhaps, could be a part of that. Who would you want to see that has never appeared in these movies besides Zendaya, Shay, that you think should should hit the hit the Fast and Furious franchise? I mean, I'm talking Meryl Streep. You know, should she get in the mix? Should should Jessica Chastain get in the mix? Should <laughs> Jessica should, Chastain would be would be an incredible addition when she just shows up doing that dead eye thing that she does. Yeah. Uh, like the the Miss Sloan, like that face just mm-hmm. making it yeah. all the time. That's but called my num- the, the the heart melter, the Sean heart melter. That's what we my, call <laughs> <it>. <laughs> my number my number one pick is is uh, is Isabella. I don't know how to say her last name. Merced, the 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 woman who played the girl who played Dora in Dora the Explorer, and she was in Sicario oh. too. Her, yeah, I think she would. Let's bring her in. She's like Letty's cousin, or something, or let her be the villain, like. I think that she's really, really good whenever she shows up in a thing. I would like to see her. Like, let's bring, let's bring her in. Great poll. Amanda, anybody else you'd want to see in, in, in this next film? To keep in the Oscar winners uh, getting their check tradition, Daniel Kaluuya, let's bring him in. Oh, I, shit. Right. And I think he probably, I mean, I could see him working with Charlize, but that doesn't really how work for the villain. So he's probably a villain that has to become a part of the family at some point. It, but you know, as, as as they all do, as 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 we as hopefully we all one day will. Um, but <laughs> I I think he would be great. Well, we know from his work in Widows that uh, Daniel Kaluuya can do menacing with the best of yes, them. So exactly. so I like that, mm-hmm. that pick a lot. Can I can I make one more suggestion? Sure, please do. What's what's happening with Julia Butters, who played Trudy in Once Upon a Time <laughs> in Hollywood? You know the little eight year old girl. Yes, I feel like didn't she, she just get cast in Steven Spielberg's biopic about himself? Oh, that's fantastic. Well, the I only way to follow so. that up is to be an 11-year-old supervillain <laughs> in a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> Guys, any closing thoughts on Fast and Furious movies? Shay, what do you want to say about this franchise you've never been able to say? I just, I'm not going to say anything I haven't said. I'm just going to say what I always say, and that's that I love it. Even in its worst moments, those worst moments are still really, really good and really, really fun. And if you make 25 of these movies, I will be there on 25 opening nights with my family to watch them each time. Amanda, you got to yell about the bank heist in Rio a few more times today, mm-hmm. so this has been I a mean, mitzvah. I mean, but they wanted the money, right? And it was in the safe, <laughs> yeah. and they couldn't get in the safe, so they just hitched their cars to it and took the safe with them. Right it's out, incredible right the problem solving. We should teach this in schools. <laughs> it's so good. The the one thing that we haven't said about, about that specific scene is at the end of the movie when they show them opening the safe and all the money falls out and then we get a shot of all their faces that is the most i have ever believed that they were really getting the money that they robbed <laughs> like the way that they react to it i just felt like they they got it they earned it they're all multimillionaires now it just made me really happy i love it thank you so much guys for doing the show thanks to our producer bobby wagner next week on the big picture we have a very special guest joining the show one of my favorite filmmakers of all time How's that for a tease? We'll see you then.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 